0: The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, right across me. He's the one, the only, Tammy, the underdog. Underwood, say hi, Tam.
1: Hi, everybody. All
0: right, today is calls three and four. From Keith Jasperson from this last Saturday. You have anything you want to add before we even start?
1: No, I think we're good.
0: Groovy groovy like a drive in movie. Let's get into the calls. All right, welcome back, Keith.
2: Uh, okay, here we are again. Anyway, so yeah, we were talking about Charles Ng and uh, Lake. why like his his co conspirator was a guy named Lake.
1: Right. Leonard uh, Lake. I was
2: what his first yeah. So he 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 was caught because of stealing cars and, and they were living in, up in the hills, and it, he couldn't leave it alone. There, he started killing the neighbors as well. Right. And stealing yeah. their cars, and steal their plates of the car. Right. But he was also a ba- he was a baby killer. He killed oh, the, yeah. the, the infants. Went in the crib and just beat them to death.
1: Right. And see, and yeah. but our whole th- my whole thing about that case is their murders were discovered because Charles Ng had to steal that vice. You know, instead of paying for it at the tools st- that tool supply the hardware store and then he gets away and get travels all the way to canada is on the run in a country that will basically not extradite him back and instead of buying some food he steals it
0: yeah and it's not like he was short on cash the guy's just a a freaking idiot he steals a
2: can of salmon Uh, that's what it was they didn't have what it was yeah a, a can of salmon or or tuna it wasn't a See, that's the problem with with become a criminal, is right. that you get used to breaking the law. And once he committed all these murders, and he starts stealing cars, and he he put the license plates on it, and he uses other people's cars and their their video equipment and all this stuff, he's so used to just taking it. Right. He doesn't think he doesn't think about paying for anything, so he'll steal something small, and that's how he got caught.
1: Exactly. He, he
2: he doesn't he doesn't want you know uh, you you would think that if he's hiding he'd do everything he could to fit in
1: exactly exactly but that's that's what Scott he and I can't. were saying too
2: but he can't fit in because he's a killer he's he's so used to stealing he's so used to taking everything right that why would I pay for something if I could just pick it up and walk out the store with it not realizing. That is the little things that's gonna that's gonna nab him. and That's what happened. And he had a gun on him. Right. He could have pawn. He could have pawned the gun off to pay for the food, which he didn't want to do because it's a gun. Right. In Canada, you couldn't have a pistol anyway.
3: Okay.
1: You're Not allowed to
2: have a pistol. You're not allowed to have a pistol in Canada.
1: Wow. You can.
2: You can. You you can't have it. Let me get this straight. You can have a pistol for targeting. But when you go to, you have to have it in a case when you're driving to the target range, and you can't have the shells in the same cases where the gun is. Wow. So when you get to, you know, a rifle range, you can shoot it, but you can't carry it with, you can't have a concealed weapon. Now, you can grab a a long rifle, and you can can display the long rifle with you at any time. Uh, uh, Even a convicted felon up there can have a rifle, because they need it for protection in the woods. Okay. You know, you got bears and wolves up there, they'll just would like to eat you too. So I'm more you for you the damn to, moose. Be, you have to be able to protect yourself. Hey. <laughs> but, so they allow they allow a convicted felon up there to have a rifle, you can't have a gun gun. Wow. And that's that's the difference. Well you can't you have to be able to protect yourself. Right, but you have to register you have to register you know you can't just get it and not register
1: right, right, see, yeah. yeah, and then what Scott and I found was so bizarre is that once he was extradited back here, he like was filing lawsuit after lawsuit against you know the state of California, and one of them literally was for his cheetos being too soggy, and
2: i I understand that yeah, because this is this is how the legal system allows you to do this, yeah. Okay, um, for instance, my case in Wyoming, when I told them, like, when I was arguing with the governor of Wyoming, the governor game janitor, I called them an idiot on TV, right, and I got them into a pissing match. Well, I told them, I said, I'll tell you what, I will plead guilty to the murder on your writing, give, it, put, give me a life sentence in writing, I'll sign off on it right now, we'll take care of it, and, and get it done as cheaply as possible. But, but, if you decide to take me to Wyoming to kill me, then I'm going to make you pay for it. Right. And so what I told him, You are going to pay for this. You're going to pay dearly. You're going to, every Tom, Dick, and Harry uh, uh, brief and motion is going to be applied. We're going to, it's like, they, they were coming after me. So what did I do? I filed a writ of habeas in Oregon, which pushed back the extradition by 90 days. Which allowed me to be filmed by Dateline. That was one of the reasons I did it. But on the other side, I was pushing the envelope because you know what? They weren't willing to work with me. Right. I said, "Well, okay then. Well, we're going to play your. If we're going to play your game. I'm going to file everything on this. So I filed a, a, a writ of habeas, which got got a lawyer involved, and he went ahead and pushed it. And, and, and yes, they're going to come and get me eventually. Yes, but it took another 90 days. And the governor of Wyoming was mad. He said, well, I thought he was going to, you know, he wanted to settle this. Well, I also, he failed to mention that if you're going to, I gave him an option, and they didn't want to take that, the good option. They wanted, oh, we're going to kill him anyway. And then, of course, when they get me to Wyoming, what do they do? They, they, right away, they're trying to make a deal to get rid of me because apparently I don't play fair. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> because I was using this system against them. I was, I was going to force them for change of venue because the governor and I got in a pissing match on national TV. Right. I got him to say on national TV, when he asked him, what are you going to do about Jefferson?" He says, um, I'm going to bring Mr. Jefferson to my fine state. I'm going to give that man a fair trial. Then I'm going to kill the bastard. Oh. He said that on national TV. So I knew that the trial was tainted that I couldn't get a fair trial in Wyoming. And then I was going to push for a change of venue to Colorado. Okay. And then I also knew that I never killed anyone in Wyoming anyway, so once I proved I didn't do it there, then they'd just have to throw the case out. Right. And then, of course, when at the very end, I said, you know what, I'll tell you what, I'll just plead guilty because it doesn't matter which side I plead guilty in, even though the murder happened in Nebraska, which, I told my lawyer on May 11, 1995, that's where it happened. And the only reason I was in Wyoming is because the jailhouse rat said it happened in Wyoming. Right. Which I told the uh, but I had told the jailhouse rat that it did happen in Wyoming, <laughs> so he could tell on me to say it happened in Wyoming, so that I could go to Wyoming and and prove that it didn't happen in Wyoming and get it thrown out.
3: Uh,
1: Got, oh, so there was a little legal manipulation there.
2: <laughs> well, like I said, I right. don't play fair.
3: Right.
2: When they said they started, they started throwing these like we're going to, we're going to do this, going do that. I said, give me a license in writing. We'll play this game, and I'll just sign on to onto it. And at the end of it,
3: mm-hmm. but they,
2: eventually, it took six months for them to come up. They actually, actually had to go to the press and say that we're going to go after the death penalty, which happened on May fifth of 1998, uh, And then when. Uh, in June come along. I said, all right, well, I'll sign off on it. And when we got into court, I just explained to the, the judge that we did I didn't have a murder in, in Wyoming. It happened in Nebraska.
3: Right.
2: And he said, the only reason why I was, I was pleading guilty is so that I, I believe that the jury in Wyoming wouldn't give a shit whether it happened in Nebraska or Wyoming, that they, a murder did happen, that they would find me guilty anyway. Right. It's a legal, it's a legal ploy. That's all it is. As a matter of right. fact, they hadn't, they didn't dot the I's and cross the T's right in the deal that was set.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I could actually force them to bring me back there to do it all over again. Oh, okay. If I wanted to. Right. But, you know, but, you know when when Conair, when, when Wyoming got Con Air to pick me up and bring me to Wyoming and send me back to Oregon, how much money was that for that round trip? Taxpayers yeah. paid? Did I yeah. tell you? No. How much? $136,000 round trip. That's what it cost. Wow. Jesus Christ. The only taxpayers to allow taxpayers to move me by Conair. Well, and, and you didn't even hijack the plane
1: like Johnny 13 did. That
2: sucks. Yeah, I, I didn't have to do that. <laughs> but that's, that's the cost that Conair charged. Wow. The, 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 the federal aviation uh, transport system charged Wyoming to move me back and forth. They could have put me on a damn commercial, and, or or drove me there before a lot left. Yeah, I was gonna say, why didn't they, they,
1: did? they just this drive you? All,
2: this is this is because they got a free. Yeah, they have an open check that they can cash with their public. Okay. The taxpayer pays all this, and this is what this is. This is another way that the system, on their side, plays the system.
1: Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. See...
2: Well, yeah, that, there, see, there's a lot of things I... There's a lot of things that you, you don't know until you get into the legal system on what they what they want to do with you. Right. Now, with, with Charles Ng, I can understand why he did this, because he forced him to do everything. It was seven years before he even went to trial.
1: Right, exactly.
2: Right? Yeah. All these things. Yeah, he sued for everything. Why not? Because he's entitled to this is what he's entitled to right all the power to him and all the inmates were glad that he did because that's what you know they, they oh yeah there's some maybe not glad but they're they know how the system works so yeah you're gonna you're gonna make them pay for it and what what what's crazy now is the fact that there's a moratorium on the death sentence in California they're not killing anybody down there
1: that's true yes
2: so he'll die of natural causes he basically got life without, but he's got the automatic appeal process, so he's going to spend right. millions of dollars in, in in appeals, right, for a sentence that will never be carried out.
1: Right, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, because well, yeah, we, we got into that. Too. I mean, I know, I know. Oregon, sh- Kate Brown, don't get me Oregon started.
2: Oregon has a death <laughs> sentence, but they still give the death sentence to people. Right, but they don't. They do not put people on death row. They're out on the public. Pop- they're out, they're out the general population,
1: right? And then Kate Brown just uh, commuted everybody's death sentence to life just recently. So,
2: well, not everyone.
1: Oh, I thought she did everybody on death row.
2: Well, they're no, they're yeah, they're all given life, yes. But not, but there are still people that are being put on death row, right? Because of their trial, they're being threatened with the death penalty, even though orders not killing anybody. Right. And then when they when they when they give someone the death sentence, it also comes with the automatic appeal process. Yes. And in doing so, that costs the taxpayers even more money. Oh yes. Anyway.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah, because we got in. We we. Um, touched on that too uh, for another case that, as soon as somebody is found guilty and sentenced to the death penalty, they automatically an appeal gets filed with the Supreme Court, and it's like that's
2: right, the yeah, automatic appeal process, yeah, yeah, exactly, and of course that lawyer gets to charge three or four times what the what the trial lawyer got to charge,
1: right, exactly, yeah. and and the it,
2: taxpayer mm-hmm. taxpayer picks up the tab,
1: right. So, yeah. I mean, and because have complained about this over and over again, that it takes way too long to carry out a death sentence in the United States anymore. <laughs> well,
2: out of, out, of, out of every hundred people that are on death row, or ever put on death row, only, only about two to three of them actually, actually get executed.
1: Right, and that's usually in Texas.
2: <laughs> well, you Texas and Florida. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
1: those but are yeah. some killing but states their
2: appeals, right there, man. Their appeals, they get in their appeals they find a way to get natural right. life or something put in it. Right. Or they die of natural causes before it even gets carried out.
1: Right. Yeah, because... Yeah,
2: I mean you're not yeah. We also but think the, it takes the take... question the question I have a, have a case in Florida and the question come up at one time, he said I oh, think a detective talking to me and he says, um, so, well, if we brought you to Florida, you know, you would probably put you on death row. And I said, well, okay. But let's just talk about this for a minute. He said, okay, I'm, you know, in, in a few years, it'd take, what, a couple of years for me to go to trial? Yeah, okay, well. Uh, what did it, Bundy? Bundy was 15 years of appeals before he died. Okay, all right. So if, now we're looking at 17 years down the road. And 17 years at that time, I said, well, then I'd be 80. Right. Now, my mother died at age 56, so I've outlived my mom. My dad died at age 87, and he had three bouts of cancer. And had he died with the first bout, he would have been 36 at that time. Holy cow. So we'd all been, you know, we're all going to die eventually, but chances are I would die before I even went put on death row. Right. Before I was actually executed. So oh. it all comes down to uh, ethics, I guess, and uh, the cost of doing business whether or not you really want to pay for it and i said i don't care one way or the other if you want to if you want to do this we can do this. and they're they've closed the case they said no we're you've got too much time already and you'd be a waste of money right they're probably the only the only state that ever came up and said be a waste of money because they they actually know it would be right well and
1: that's and that's true because i mean we've come across that with some other cases too because we've had people say well why didn't This state prosecute if they had murders there too? Well, because first of all, it was probably the crime. We've noticed that a lot of times the crime is committed in a smaller jurisdiction, so they don't have the funds to prosecute like, you know, like Port, you know, like LA or Portland or whatever do.
0: Well, well, hold on. Even LA didn't with Cheetah Ng because, uh, you know, remember uh, he got, uh, he went to court, what was it, in Santa Ana or something like that, I think it was. And uh, Uh, they had to come to an agreement to where. Like, L.A. County or Orange County. Right, or like the, yeah. The, no, the, the state. The, the state, state had, paid for it, yeah. yeah. Had to pay for it because, like, his evidence alone weighs something, what was it, like, a ton? Four tons Four or something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was like a stupid amount of evidence, you know, and, uh, and where he was getting... Uh, Tried that. Said, look, we literally cannot afford, afford this. Yeah, this. and the state of California said, okay, we're going to kick in. We're going to we're going to pay for the majority of this, right? To, to get this done.
1: Yeah, they gave them a change of venue, and yeah, and then the state says, you know what, we'll pay for it. You know, so the individual county well, didn't have to. So,
2: so when I went to Rivers- I went to Riverside County back in 2009 and 2010 to settle my second murder. And I got, which I got 25 to life running concurrent with Oregon. And when I was down there, I met my lawyer. And my lawyer says, well, after, after I walked into court and I said, uh, I guess we're going to settle this today. And she wasn't even aware I had a deal in writing. And I handed her my paperwork and, and we settled it within an hour and a half. We're done. And she said, thank God this is over. And I said, why? And he says, because you won't believe the closet full of information I have on this case. Wow. The amount of, it just even though it was just one murder, but every time someone came up with a story, that heard the story, uh, a, a jailhouse rat or something like that would hear the story, would repeat it to someone,
3: mm-hmm. they'd have to
2: write it all out. And she had her stack, and she said it, was, it had to be six or seven feet high that she oh, would have wow. had to bring to court. It was just, and it was the same story told over and over and over and over again. Right. But it was there. She had to have a copy, and that was just her copy. Yeah. And then, then the prosecutors have their copy. Right. I remember when I was arrested, Detective Rick Buckner had eight boxes in his cubicle for each one of those cases. Whenever something come up in my case, he'd, he'd run a copy of it and send it, put his copy in the box. yeah. Wow. So he, he kept eight boxes running concurrent with my case so that he could be the, the defining moment to prosecute me and some of these other jurisdictions, whatever. Yeah. But his, they are building this evidence. This evidence is always a, con, a con you know, a, ever, you know, it, it comes all the time.
1: Right, it accrues, yeah.
2: It, it, it occurs all the time and it's, it doesn't go away. Yeah. It gets piled up, you know, and that's what happens. It, it just gets more and more, even though it's, you probably could have put it all in one little file, you know, a half-inch thick. But because it, someone else tells the same story over again, they, they have to put another half-inch, another half-inch, and it all starts growing.
1: Oh, that's true. That's true.
2: And so she said, when she gets done, I'm going to go home, I'm going to take this out, and we're going to burn it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bonfire! <laughs> Bonfire. Yeah. Roast the, just the marshmallows. Burn it. Get rid
2: of it. Bonfire in the beach. And she was just she was just thrown this case, right? Oh yeah. So it, yeah, it filled. It went into her cubicle where she works at the public defender's office, and that was her whole, you know, the whole thing is that 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 my my case there was going to be settled in an hour and a half. Uh, it it actually settled in about twenty minutes, but it took about an hour and a half for the prosecutor to walk across the street because she was pissed off that I had a that I had brought my paperwork with me from Washington State. Wow. Yeah, I mean, my lawyer sent it down from Washington State that their deal was made back in 1996. Right. To a life sentence in writing. Yeah, I mean, this is, they were hoping that I, I lost the paperwork somewhere and they'd have to start over. Well,
1: you know. Yeah. They want yeah, their money's worth. what they
2: want. <laughs> so they wanted, they wanted their pound of flesh because my daughter Melissa was on Oprah.
1: Oh, gotcha, gotcha.
2: Yeah, she was on Oprah that year, and, and that's it. And when I got to Riverside the very first thing came out of one of the guards, it says, I saw your daughter on Oprah and I was like, Yeah, that's probably why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, so <laughs> did because everybody else apparently. Yeah. But Scott also, she was on Oprah. That's that's why that's why he was pushed so much.
1: Scott, yeah, I also great. think that it takes a jury too long to deliberate a lot of times too. <laughs> so <laughs> you know.
2: Well yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of material that goes into a trial all the evidence and some of the evidence they have may not even be evidence in the case it might be just something that was found in an area that where the murder happened
1: right they might not they
2: might not have put it there right i've run into that myself
1: yeah yeah because they have to i mean anything like that happens they have to collect everything from a certain radius so yeah
2: well it's like I had a, I had one time I had a, had a cop come in and he said, we're investigating a murder in Iowa and I said yeah and he said and, and he said mile marker something like a, a exit 12 or something like that and I said oh yeah you mean the one that was found where the Burns brother uh, coffee cup was under the body and, and he said yeah that's right he said I saw the flyer too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean this is. They are advertising. And I said, "Yeah, I saw the flyer."
1: Wow. They were advertising. Have
2: do you, do you know who this person is? Or whatever it is, you was aware like of that. Or whatever, or whatever. So they they have those in trucks now. You pull into the truck stop, and matter of fact, that when I had killed my fourth one the Lower Antelope, uh, a couple weeks after I went into the, Bur- the Burnt Brothers at Wilsonville, I walked in, and about every three or five feet was a poster of her face on it. Oh. You know, do you know this girl? You know, stuff like that. And I was like, man, I'd like to take that poster home, but I'm not going to. Because so I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. you felt that everyone was watching me.
1: Right. That's crazy. No. Yeah.
2: That's so crazy. You don't, Scott. So they advertise, they, they, they put all of that out there, and you're supposed to keep track of it. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yeah, and then it's like they're, you know, and they do hold back information. We know that. Um, because that way if they do actually catch the person, you know, the person will give them information that's not really, so it's like, okay, yeah, they did it. Because unfortunately, I mean, we've seen it happen that they get idiots out there that confess to things that they didn't do. Oh, <laughs> Wait, well, They yes. did it in your
2: case. <laughs> yeah, but Laverne, and Laverne was coached. Yeah. When Laverne came along, they said, oh yeah, we're going to give you information. Right. We want to see how far you're willing to take this girl. Yeah. and She took it all that way. She yeah. took it
1: all the way.
2: Yeah, hey, all wait way. a minute. I
0: knew a girl like that.
1: Shut up. Scott Alexander. <laughs> He's just What's being the gross.
3: third
2: base did you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hell yeah. And dude, she took it all the way. <laughs>
2: all the way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's horrible. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, man. That, that, that was that's
1: bad. I, I was going to say something okay. smart, but I didn't want to hear Actually, it. Actually, <laughs> these are
0: the kind of jokes that Keith and I make when, when we're off the air talking on the phone. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. No, I was I was gonna say something about you know cousins and dogs and stuff, but I changed oh, my Jesus mind. Oh Jesus
0: Christ! It was my second cousin, so I did not even <laughs> want to talk well, about it. You
2: know, so so we're watching TV now, and there's uh, we have like 125 channels in this prison, and we've got probably four or five channels that are on the True Crime Network. Oh yeah, and yeah, they've got like the Mystery Channel and that comes on. They got Crime TV. They got Court TV. You got you know and, yeah. It,
1: an IDE Every time and, I look yeah. at it,
2: there's, there's always something there, and we've seen all these cases. It's like just like having a, a true detective magazine yourself.
1: Oh yeah, I am addicted to those docu series and documentaries and stuff like that. I mean, totally addicted to them, you know. But
2: and you're a criminal.
1: I know, see. There you go. Yeah. That's no.
0: right. Hold on. <laughs> I got <hold> <laughs> I, I, I to I, I do something to Tammy. 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 Watch this. <laughs> Negative. Female inmate. I hate you. <laughs>
1: I hate him. No, he yeah, does it to well, me because when I was at CRCI, we had a we had one of the lieutenants and everything. He was missing a finger and he was he was missing his index finger and he was all of maybe five foot two. And he would always point at us with his other three fingers and go negative and like point across the room and it's like, no, dude, no. <laughs> so now Scott does it to me
0: all the time. That's right. Female inmate.
1: <laughs> yeah. But um no, it, it I mean and it's like it's not only that though, is that um yeah, I mean I kind of addicted to it because I did get into some trouble and everything, but I was also became very addicted to serial killers because
2: Well you have CSI. You have CSI on your right, phone
1: there. Yeah.
2: And Which, we're supposed to be we're, we're supposed to be smart criminals
1: now. Yeah, but you know we watch all that yeah. crap. Well, and the sad part is, is life doesn't even work like CSI does. People think it does, and it doesn't. You know, no, it
3: doesn't.
1: <laughs> not even close. Well, look what
2: happened in Idaho. Look at that Idaho. Right. You know, the guy comes up there and he, and he kills him, and he goes back east, and he gets arrested, and he comes over, and, he, and he's a student in criminology. Right. And he still gets caught.
1: Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
2: because he. Apparently, he's not taking down the right notes, I guess, when that, he was
1: in school. That's right. He was not taking <laughs> notes in class.
0: Darn
2: it. That's he was that t- lecture, Scott. <laughs> that's why we, when I was in college,
0: it took meticulous notes. His,
2: his car is there. Now, I, I would love to be able to write the guy, just to let him know what he's up against, right?
3: Just, right. just to let
2: him know how the system was going to play him. Right. Uh, he, he's probably sitting in a in cell going like, now what's going to happen next? And he has probably has no idea, but I would write him and tell him what he's, what he's up against. But I can't. You know why? Because in 2003, the, the, the justice system decided that us inmates cannot write other people in other prisons in other states. See, and that
1: doesn't make any sense well, to me. But...
2: Well, it does for them because they're getting people like like us who would write to them and say, Well, you can sue because your oatmeal is not firm enough. Oh, yeah, 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 or something along those lines, you know, so they're they're trying to cut cut away from the legal jargon that right. we're teaching them about we're teaching them about the legal system while they're incarcerated so that they they're up on on everything. That's gotcha. why they don't want us to to write upon and they and, uh, it, the other side of that is is uh, we they don't want an inmate write another inmate in another institution that may want to put a a hit on another inmate.
1: yeah, 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 I can see that too.
0: But hold on, uh, keeping them uneducated—it's not unprecedented for an inmate to know the legal system. Many times, I and I've, I've God, I, I read way too much. So I can't remember every, but more than once, an inmate that has been in prison for let's say they got like twenty to you know to thirty years or whatever, took that opportunity to educate themselves. So you know they got access to like the law library right. or whatever, That's and right. they brushed up on what affects them. And then by the time that they're you know like at the end of it they know the law backwards and forwards, and and right yeah, now it so it's not impressive. They know
2: either. it better than the, than they than their lawyers do. Oh right, yeah, totally. They, they have all the time to sit there and study it. Right. You know, it's like,
1: yeah. Right. Well, and that's the case with Josh well, Phillips. Okay, remember, so,
0: Scott? Oh yeah.
2: Okay, so Scott, when you're trucking, I'm sure like back when I was trucking. Every once in a while, you, you'd have these advertisements for the legal service, legal aid
3: for yep. truckers. Oh yeah. That you oh, would, yeah.
2: you would, it, it, that if a cop pulled you over, you just hand him a card and say, "This is my lawyer. Talk to him." Right.
0: Right. Right. Right.
2: And then, you, you never wanted, and they're teaching us about what was expected of us and what isn't, and how to deal with the legal system. Because uh, lawyers got involved in the trucking industry so much, because truckers are always at fault for everything.
0: Oh, totally, if especially in California. Wreck, if you
2: got a wreck with a car, uh, you're you're at fault because you're there. Right,
0: right. Unless you have a ton of witnesses. Way, that's
2: how they treated the trucking industry. So everyone had these legal had legal aid, and you would have you'd call them. So I had a, a ticket and so and So they would cover the ticket. They they'd go to court for you to fight the ticket. No. You paid for it, but you're paying for it. But you're what you're doing is you're keeping your license clean so you
0: can have a job. Right, exactly. Because no insurance company is going to touch you if uh, well, number one DUI, because even though uh, you get your CDL back the first offense after a year, no insurance company will touch you for three. But if your if your license has a ton of like moving violations and equipment violations, well, they're going to pull your DAC report uh, at the coming year. You're, you're going not going for. to get hired. Yeah, they're gonna be like I don't no. Remaining. Or- or- oh, I've got one minute
2: remaining. I think I can. I think I can call you back one more time,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, all Wait right, we'll talk to you in a
2: minute.
0: All right. All right, buddy. Bye. Now. All right, Uh-oh. welcome back, Keith Lee.
2: Uh-oh. Oh, hi. How are you doing?
0: Nah, uh, long time you know, no here. Elevator
2: music. I had elevator music going on while I was waiting. Film. Oh, oh. Is, is that
0: what it is? Because with us, it goes, it goes, a call from an inmate at Oregon State Penitentiary. Uh, or yeah. call from, and there's a Keith Jesperson, and then it says, an inmate at Oregon State. That's what we get to hear.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm a friend
0: or a loved one. <laughs> well,
2: you know,
0: well, well okay. Well, <laughs> a little bit of candlelight, some soft music, you never know. Yeah. You could be a loved one.
2: Well, you know, they at least allow this to happen, right? We're at least allowed to have this happen. Now, there was a time when, okay, so it hasn't been that easy over the years, man. Uh, if they caught wind that I was going to do this, they would have uh, uh, they would cancel the phone number. They would just not let it happen. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, if I was talking to a reporter about something they didn't like, I mean, they would just cancel it. Now the, one, now the way it is now is that you have to get registered. The number has to get registered on there. Um, and we're having a I'm having a problem with one of my friends that I've been talking to for years, and he can't get I can't get him on my list that I can call him back. He can leave a message on for me to hear, but I can't call him back even though he has an account set up here. Huh. So there's a glitch. There's a glitch in the phone system right now where. It's screwing up with a lot of people in the Oregon prison system, and the wow. and I see and I see solutions. in dot com is from San Antonio, Texas, of all places. Right. It's not here in Oregon. This is this is where we're dealing with San Antonio, and I've, I can't um, anyway. So that's that's the issue we're running into with with the phones right now is that we're we're not getting everybody we want to talk to. But in the past, you imagine. W- th- this this conversation we're having back, let's say this was 20 years ago, phone calls were a dollar a minute. Right. Okay. Holy so cow, your that's phone ridiculous. call would have been thirty dollars. This wow. this session in the morning here, or four sessions would be 120 bucks.
1: Holy catfish! Would, no.
3: Well, yeah
2: don't... that's what your that's what your phone bill would be. Right. For every time every every Saturday for me to t- call you four times.
1: See, in California just... Now it's nine
2: cents a minute. Now it's nine cents a minute instead of a dollar. Wow. Everything has changed.
1: Yeah, well, in California just totally made any um, state, any phone calls within the United States is free from an inmate now. Really? Yeah, you just have to have a registered phone number with with the state, and then it's a free phone call now. The inmate or the person being called does not have to pay for it.
2: Well, Oregon, Oregon wants the money, so that's yeah. what they're getting. This is yeah. this, this is what they look at. They, it's all about the money. I mean, right. once in a while, this prison staff in here. I mean, we, we, uh, the inmates would would have a strike on the phone. We wouldn't go use the phone. And then oh. for a week would go by, nobody get on the phone. Of course, Oregon was losing money because no one was calling. Right. Well, all of a sudden. Uh, the guy that's putting on the strike decides he needs the phone, so he goes on the phone, and then the strike's over. Wow. Nobody solved anything. Nobody solved anything. I mean, they just right. nobody's called for a week. But but they got the message that we could hold back and not make phone calls, which was costing them hundreds of thousands of dollars with with the phone calls that they weren't getting, weren't making the money on.
1: Holy cow! That's crazy. But that's what,
2: you know, even the, even at nine cents a minute, they're, they're, I'm sure they're getting half of that right and so they're getting they're, they're making they're making their money that's what they, and it's, a, it's a security thing right yeah
1: wow
2: yeah it, it's a money maker it's a cash cow for the system that's why we have that's why we charge an ordinance I mean I'm sure California has a different way of getting it but California has not been the smartest state in the world anyway
1: yeah I know Scott lived there. <laughs>
2: I knew that well, you have power. all these taxes. You know the taxes and and the, and what they're trying to do. I mean, hell, if you're if you're in California, and you move out of state. They're trying to tax you in the other state because you're left.
1: Right. That's true. Yeah. I mean, that's,
2: it's Yeah. Ludicrous. Yeah. Well, and, and I they're, say... they're trying to get you away from a gas powered car. And, and right. How many people can afford electric cars?
0: Yeah, that's true, right. too. Or in my case, I need a pickup because I transport a lot of, you know, my band gear and everything. I signed my brother Bobby, he just bought an electric Ford F-150. It's called the Bolt or, or the Thunder or the Lightning or something like that. It's hundred grand. That's yeah, insane. Yeah, freaking that's freaking retarded.
1: Yeah, pretty yeah,
0: much. Exactly. I'm not spending $100,000 well, on at a truck. look at all the homeless
2: people. Look at California's homeless, right? Oh, Yeah. Everybody's on the street. Well, why are they there? They can't afford housing. Right. They well, have see, to have two jobs to to rent a place for a couple grand a month just to live up put just to park your bed in.
3: Right. Why not
2: live in a tent? Why not live in a tent out on the street? Yeah. I mean, see I, this is what this is why this is why they're living on the street. So you can't afford the housing. They say well to Clear up the matter. We can. We're going to put them in housing. But they can't afford the housing. You want to put them in? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The land issue. All the taxes. Everything's gone up. So. I say that about my home state state too. Everyone has a cell phone. Everyone has a cell phone now. You don't have to worry about a landline.
1: Right. That's true. That's true. So
2: you don't have to have a landline. So why have a? You don't need a house to have a landline. Right. That's true. If you're using a cell phone. So everything is. Everything's going electronic. So. It's kind of like feeding the system. Yeah. That's why people don't have to have a house. They're, you know, I used to be, like my wife would always say to me, so we well, got to buy a mobile, we've got to buy a house. I said, why? Because if we buy a house, we have to stay there. And if we have to stay there, if I get a job somewhere else, it means we'd have to find someone to buy the house, and we're going to lose money on it because we have to move. Right. So why not why not just rent? Because. Yeah. You're making the same payment. Let the let the landlord own that house. I don't give a shit. Right. But she, exactly. she had this idea that she needed that, you know, to have a house to live in, and kind of like that. We need to own this. I said, and if you're going to help me, fine. But we're, I'm not going to I'm not going to stick my neck out there to grab this house because i you know I my job might take me somewhere else. Right. You know, and I can, you know, that's why you know, a lot of these people that are, on the, that are homeless, yeah, you know, yeah, a bunch of them are drug addicts, but a bunch of them aren't.
1: Right. Well, and that's yeah, true. So they I have mean, to
2: go somewhere.
1: It's true, and we've noticed that a lot of, I mean, granted, I'm not going to say all of them, but there are some out there that are homeless that choose to be. They want to be homeless. Well, of so, course, they
2: do. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want. They don't want. To, they do not want to have a house. They they want that freedom to move around when they want to. Right. And they, they, they're used to using other people's bathrooms, if not the street. Or right. Or whatever. But they're, exactly. they're used to that. I mean, this is this is their livelihood. I had a celly that, you know, I've known him for 20 years, Terry Terry Ring. And Terry was a great guy, but he was, anytime he was out of prison, he never had a house, he was a, he was a tramp. He, he yeah. jumped a rail. He hopped a rail. He did the tramp thing, went to tramp tramps. He knew all the all the places go for the soup lines and all that. And he enjoyed that kind of like that. He's a thief. He's, he's robbed and do kind of stuff like that. But that's wow. who he was. That's who he was. He didn't want to have a house.
3: Wow.
2: He'd rob a house. He'd, he'd rob a house. I mean, he was in prison for home invasions, like 65 different home invasions in the Oregon area.
1: Holy cow.
2: And he got caught, he got caught on the last one because he didn't, he allowed somebody else to chase the place and he said he, he, he it, was, it was all all clear, but when they caught him coming out of the window. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's... But yeah, he preferred, he preferred not having a house. He, he wanted to, he liked to walk around the country and and rides and and going where the the work was. And he and he always had money.
3: Hmm.
2: But that was that was how he lived. That that's and you you gotta take your hat off to the guy because he made a living out of
1: it. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That is you know, I, I just could not imagine living a lifestyle like that. I mean because, you know, I'd like to have a little more stability, I guess is the word for it.
0: I'm too pretty to live like that.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs>
2: He, he didn't have he'd have a job but right. he wouldn't have jobs that were retirement type jobs
1: right yeah he would,
2: he'd, he'd follow like you know the the apple picking seasons or the the produce and stuff like that or, right or if there's a disaster somewhere he would end up going there to, to chop wood or clear the the debris or something like that I'd always paid good he said
1: oh Interesting. So,
2: yeah, he moved around the country. It was like, you know, it's like that old, that old cliche of gypsies that would travel around in their little caravans and take care of that. Well, he didn't drive, he he hopped the rail and came into town and and, and, and stayed at the tramp camp. Yeah, they camped themselves along the rail. Right. And he knew all this. He, I mean, he had an. It's like that. Uh, there's a book out. You know. Uh, being a hobo book, kind of a hobo book. And he laughed at it. He read that book. He said, what
1: a joke. That's not how it is. <laughs> right. That's weird. Yeah, because, yeah, like I said, I just I just like stability, I guess. I I could never, like, not know where I, my day was going to take me, you know.
0: You never know where your day is going to take you with me.
1: put out. One of the things I'd like to put out right here is
2: that, my friend, Terry Ring, is R-I-N-G, like the doorbell ring.
3: Uh-huh. He
2: was in Santa Rosa, California. Uh, he was also around the, the, the uh, Corning, California area. He passed away uh, almost three years ago. But I wrote to the areas trying to find his family and let him know that, that he had passed away. And if you just happen to mention on your show that I was kind of... You know that Terry Ring, that that was living in Santa Rosa, uh, that that he passed away, and, and maybe someone there would know who he, who his family was.
3: And,
2: okay. Uh, yeah, there's a, a winery down there, Reding, Redinger or something like that, that was part of his family too. So.
3: Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah the Perry's ring, and then there's Perry's, and and he uh, had family in in Arkansas, but. He was my friend. He uh, he lived with me on and off in my cell, and if we weren't living together in a cell, we were living next to each other, and and we're just buddies for 20 years. He passed away on uh, two days before his 64th birthday on on April 8th of
1: uh,
3: 2020.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: uh, I tried, you know, what he told me was before he died, he says, now, if you look for my family and you start writing them,
3: mm-hmm. I know he had
2: a son named David, or Jim, I could say. I, 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 he said, if you do that, I'm going to come back
1: and haunt you. <laughs> <laughs> Scott so tells me the same thing, but he already haunts my my, my life, not, you know. <laughs> and, and
0: here's why, here's why, because, okay, so it it, it, it's, it goes two ways. Number one, I get into a panic and I will call her at like 6 a.m. And then I hear this. Song, click, click, click. What, what, what Scotty, is everything okay? Like, yeah, good morning, sunshine. This is what I was thinking. I'm a little bit in a panic over this right here. What time? Dude, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. Normally you call 6.37. What the hell is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm nothing. I just have stuff in my mind. Um, yeah. Or I forget to call because I'll be yeah. involved in other business calls. And she calls her, Dude, are you okay? Like, are you alive? What's happening?
1: Yeah, I'll text if I call him and he doesn't answer. I'll go. Is everything okay? Because you know normally you've called me by now and you haven't.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, but see, I remember him. Yeah, uh, so I remember him. He was really upset that I was going to talk to his family, and I know he had a um, uh, one of his relatives was the high sheriff of Santa Rosa back in the '60s.
3: Oh, okay.
2: Uh, Yeah, you would would think that when I wrote the uh, sheriff's department in Santa Rosa, California, that they would know. Right. Uh, But apparently they didn't, or someone, the one I I wrote to didn't have an understanding, so. I was just trying to uh, contact him to let him know that he passed, but he also said that, you know, he'd been incarcerated on and off since he was 11 years old. Okay. So he was, like, went to the youth authority, went through... All the right. different prisons in California. Um, yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd been he'd been he go he went to San Quentin and Folsom and and the Man's Colony down in San Luis Obispo and yeah he's probably most of the inmates would know <laughs> who he is. Wow,
1: so he had yeah. the Folsom prison blues too.
2: Well, I don't know if they are blues, <laughs> but he'd, he no. got around. He 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 come in. He'd uh, he'd have friends when he walked in. So that was that yeah. was just the way it was. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I had uh, I, I had de- my dealings with him was all, all like uh, I kept trying to say well I, I tried to contact the family and nobody in this prison you know they all called me in the the officer in charge room and they said uh, we need an address to the uh, former family he said I don't have an address for 20 years that guy never wrote his family at all he said that he said if the family wanted to know where he was. They just caught, They knew he was an incarcerator. and if they, just, they were, yeah. someone would check on to see whether he was still alive or not. And that's probably how they find out he's gone. Wow, that's that was so you know sad. they just they just he just knew he was incarcerated. He wasn't going anywhere. He, had, <laughs> he you know, was he incarcerated had somewhere. <laughs> somewhere, yeah. 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 He. We always talked about escaping, right? <laughs> hey, he. Was, he would be. He said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of here. And I'm gonna pearl out of here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some of my, my cousins. We're gonna bust your ass out of here, Keith." And I said, "Yeah, good luck on that." Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> you know, if he would have known Carl Pansram back in the day, it might have happened.
0: That's true.
1: Because he escaped from Salem, OSP exactly.
2: Well, <laughs> so he would say, "Like, we need a helicopter to fly in the yard." I said, "You fly a helicopter in the prison yard? Nobody, a helicopter wouldn't be able to take off."
1: That's right.
2: They'd have too many people hanging on this. I was just to say they'd have so many
1: inmates hands. trying to get out.
2: <laughs> yeah, it never happened. You know, they yeah, they never get out off the ground.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. But no. So maybe I mean maybe I can try to look into it to see yeah. if I can find any information because I I wrote it. You said he had a son named Jim.
2: Yeah, he was the head of son. Small. He had a sister named Carla. Okay. And his mother, Aggie or whatever like that, she passed away because someone shot. Uh, she got a, a an infection in her leg after a bullet ricocheted some dirt up into her. her you know, she, something to do with a pearl board or something came to came calling and a bullet was fired. Wow. And her his mother died of an infection that you know, but she was one of the you know always looked after everybody and, and the other side of the family is the perrys the p-e-r-r-y-s the perry family perry's
1: okay. family perry's and, the and there's
2: also there's also a, a a winery down there um and i'm trying to think of the name of it but it's very high it's, it's a it's, it's a well-known winery and, and they're part of that too so you're supposed to be getting Revenue from, you know, uh, dividends from the winery, the family would.
3: Oh. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well known wine. Okay. I'm taking notes, so. so. But see if I can try to find anything, because. You know, Scott's famous for telling people, if anybody can find it, Tammy can. That's true.
3: <laughs>
2: Why well, do you, think you do this have podcast Have you ever have with you gotten that article? Have you ever gotten the article, Does Oregon Have Another Zodiac Killer No, I haven't Frank found Hute?
1: it yet, but then I haven't done a whole lot of looking because we've been so busy with other things. Um, yeah, especially well, the last looks, couple looks of weeks. Look for that. But, that's, yeah.
2: That's an article that's before the L.A. Times story. That's an article before they got out of prison. So they were talking about how they put them in there in a different light than right. when the L.A. Times came out. Right. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, because I, I do want to look for that article, and I'll probably find it. It's just we've been so busy with the CD launch and everything oh, that I'm I, just, like, yeah. going
2: crazy. And I haven't heard whether or not you're in the visiting list or
1: not. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard anything either. That's I mean, once again a
0: negative female inmate.
1: You know, and if they were going to deny me, you would have gotten something for that too. You know, because
2: you think they would have they would have contacted you.
1: Well, see, they they tell me that you'll be the one contacted whether I'm approved or denied. I won't hear anything well, from them. I
2: haven't got one or the other. Oh well, I you haven't know, got anything.
1: Maybe I should just fax it over there too. I don't know because I've emailed yeah, why it twice. Not? Yeah, I've well, emailed fax it twice. It. So, um I can fax it. Yeah, I think I'll take it over to the postal annex and have it faxed over because this is insane.
0: Just the facts, ma'am. Only the facts.
1: Negative. Yeah. Negative Scottarella.
0: (laughs) I feel
2: pretty. (laughs) You are so so what else do you want to yak about? Yak yak. Don't talk to
1: Helen. No. No.
0: Yeah, we've covered so many things I know, things. we talked Holy about cow. so
1: many things today. Now, okay, so. Well,
2: I'm thinking about the, the future shows. What do you want to, like, right. next weekend, next week?
0: Um, well, I kind
2: of want so to. Okay, so what I, I had done with Keith Revere on his podcast, it's, it's The Lighter Side of Serial Killers. That's the name of the podcast. I did a uh, a question and answer. Like he he got a bunch of questions from the viewers, right? And they asked questions, and I just answered. The, they did address each question with the person that asked it, and I would address the question. Oh, that might maybe be something we should do that on our about.
1: our Facebook page. Open that up and have people ask questions on there, huh? That
0: would work with our other serial killers as well. That's actually a really good idea.
1: Yeah, because that is that actually is a brilliant
2: idea. Um, okay, because... so so if you were to go to Pittsburgh the University's website, there's a, about an hour hour and a half interview that I did with them back many years ago. and that was a form the, the kind of the form I, we used back then.
1: Okay, yeah. I would actually uh,
2: I'm actually being interviewed there on, on the phone on a different phone where I didn't have to call every 30 minutes. I, they put me on a regular phone upstairs. Oh. I was able to talk talk to the school and do a uh, a talk section. there asking questions and answer questions, and I I addressed each one with their name and everything. So it was it was, it was always well well done. I know they that the families that were involved, the the the, the parents of the of the students, the biggest thing they said to the girls was don't fall in love with the guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. is that is the one of the things. Yeah,
2: we don't want you to marry the serial killer.
1: Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you guys are all just so you know, we're, well, we're that so is every girl's dream.
3: We're just so irresistible.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's well because we always because we know where you're at. We don't have to worry about you going out stepping out on us because we know where you're well, at.
2: You know, I, there's a lot to say for that. I mean, there's a lot of women that like to have their man captured. That's right, Captain. And so they don't—they—they right. come in, and and you're 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 their party, is what you are. Yeah. They're you know. going to come in, and they're going to they're going to you're 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 their their number one, and that's the way it is. I although I had one gal come in, and and she visited other prisoners in other states, and so the conversation she had with me was about the other two people she was visiting. Now you can imagine when she talked to one of the other ones, it was about me and the other guy. <laughs>
1: well, you know, some yeah. somebody somebody's got to do it, right? Um, <laughs> but um, no, because I I kind of want to do that, but I also kind of want to. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, um, kind of touch on uh, you know, like your Florida, and because um, there's a Jane Doe in Florida that they found her body, but they don't know who she is, right? That's what Jane Doe's are. Well, the, but the, the one in <laughs> California is they, you know, they haven't ever found the body.
0: I think we should mansplain yeah, that, but there's too. Another the Jane there's another
2: chain Doe in Riverside. They, don't, they, they have a body, but they don't
1: know who it is. Scott, I'm going to beat your ass.
0: You realize that a Jane Doe means that they haven't discovered... Who it is? The identity. I know, identity. but
1: there can be a Jane Doe, is and there's a victim, but they haven't found a body yet either, and they don't know who. You never know. Shut up. Leave me alone. Well, yeah, this is my party. Said, if you
2: don't know who, if you don't have a body, you wouldn't know who the body is. Thank even you. if you. Found it. That's what I was
1: trying trying to get at right there. Scott's just being mean to me. Scott's just being mean all the all around.
2: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> okay, I. <am>. So. <laughs> So the, what we're dealing with here is uh, we want to go to the other cases. Is what we're trying
1: to say. Right, exactly. I kind of want to, yeah. I kind of want to touch on some of the other cases, you know, over time too. Um, but um, I do like that question and answer idea though, too, because I'm pretty sure that people are like, well, "Why haven't they asked him this?" Well, you know, because I'm not smart enough to think of it really, and it's too early. <laughs> it's, but,
2: it's, um, it's a good it's a good form for the
1: uh, right. for
2: the. Public to get involved in the
1: exactly, show. Exactly,
2: exactly. They're part and, of the show, so they their name gets involved in it. And, right. You know, and, and sometimes the best thing is just have their first names, no last names.
1: Yeah, yeah. First. Because, it,
2: sometimes first. You know, because with a lot of initial, people don't want yeah. you know they in the way things are nowadays, there is, a lot of people don't want to be singled out, but they want to be they want, want their voices heard, but they don't want to be singled out for it.
1: Right, and they don't want other people to know that. Yeah, exactly. I get it.
2: Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, they don't want they want their neighbors like they don't, like, like they'll say I voted for Trump, but they don't want their neighbor to know that.
1: <laughs> true, 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 true. That, true that. Yeah.
0: Just like Tammy doesn't want to people you know, want people to know that she has crabs that she got on Tandy Boulevard. <laughs> You're so
1: fucking stupid. I hate you.
0: <laughs> Can you tell the caffeine finally hit? Can yes. You tell?
1: Scott and I were like, we recorded an episode before you called this morning because I got here at six thirty, and it's like I'm we're so dead. <laughs> well,
0: because I got sleep last night, so I actually slept in. I wasn't up at three o'clock in the morning this morning. I actually got up about six ish or something like that. And the caffeine. Well, you're died. not
2: old enough yet. If you're old like me, you get up three or four times a night. No, no I, he does. I do. That's that's called
0: diabetes. <laughs> no. I constantly peeing, man. So yeah, just an FYI to everybody: old. don't get diabetes.
1: Yeah. So, so um yeah. But
2: isn't we, it, we can go down that road. We could uh maybe have uh, uh, start looking at other cases that I have and go to the news media and pull out what they've said. Right. And move from there just uh we'll, yeah. just, we'll start going down through those.
0: And, yeah. and talk about your 397 victims. Yeah.
2: So it well, it was you
0: know, 185.
2: Look, 512. It's 185 now from, from Guy in Saskatchewan. come up with these numbers? I, I don't know. I had
0: to outdo them because you, you had like 612 victims or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: no, and, yeah, I, they, asked, um, they asked the question. I go like, well, I tell you what. I said, why don't you read guilty details on beyondthecrime.com and, and go all the way to part four and you You'd get your answer, right? You know, right. This is this is that's why the blog was was put there. All that information was put there so that the questions they ask would be answered if they just read the damn thing. But
3: right. the problem
2: with I also run into when you have that is that people don't want to read it. True. I mean, they they look at it and they get they. they there's so much there that they get you know overwhelmed by it and they're like. Man, they can't remember all of it. Right. So when they get to ask a question, I know he said something about it, but I don't want to go back and read it. Right.
3: So, you know,
2: when I was dealing with, with Phelps, that was the way. With him, I wrote everything, I sent it to him, and he said, yeah, I got everything here, but I, was, I find it easier just to ask you a question. Because I can give it to him and it's on tape. Yeah. Without him having to go back and, and, and dig it up again. Yeah. Yeah, See, and now just... that
1: now that things are kind of slowing down a little bit, I have a little bit more time to do some research because, you know, yeah. Scott works me like a slave. I actually contacted somebody the other day for him saying, I'm Scott's servant. I mean, um, assistant.
0: <laughs> 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 I,
1: I don't know that's what the proper terminology is yeah. now, but, you know, I'm his servant.
0: <laughs> well, the, so. uh, the, the chain doesn't stray very far from the desk. I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's right. so around my neck. <laughs> But no. It's like, you know, I'm his personal slave. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, what do you do for a living, Tammy? Uh, this. This?
1: Yeah, I'm okay. Scott's assistant. Actually, I don't work. I I'm trying to get uh social security right now because of And that's some the problem. Issues. You don't work hard enough. <laughs> Shut up. I I yeah. work my
2: ass off.
1: Um no, I'm just Scott's assistant. I take care of his shit. You know.
2: So, so if you were to come to visit me, do we get to make out?
1: Sure, why not? You know, why there you not? go, secret. It'll be my claim us. to fame. You know, <laughs> Polly Shore hit me, and Keith recently <laughs> kissed me. There you go. <laughs>
2: well, that's well. I got one minute remaining. I I gotta go. So, all we'll right. Get, uh, you come up with some kind of a solution. Where we want to go with that? Maybe I'll okay. have answers and questions. Yeah, and we'll go from there. Awesome, fantastic.
0: Thanks for calling in, Keith.
2: Yeah, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> bye. Bye.
2: We will talk to you next Saturday. Yes.
0: Yes, we shall. All right. Bye, bye, bud.
2: Bye. Bye,
0: bye. All right. Well, what did you think about those calls?
1: Um, very interesting. Very interesting.
0: <laughs> it always is talking to Keith. <laughs> Jesus. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. And you know, before four people judge me, you know what? I'm open to kissing anybody once.
0: So, oh boy, don't I know it! <laughs> <laughs> Shut I saw off. you with that homeless guy with no I'm teeth. I'm gonna hit you.
1: I'm gonna hit you. What's his name?
0: Beggy Pants Jones. Shut up. <laughs>
1: like I said, that'll be my second claim to fame.
0: <laughs> Jesus, you want to add anything to this shit?
1: No, no. And but if anybody ha- does know anything about uh, Terry Ring's family in South in California, please get in touch with us so that we can, you know let them know that their family member has passed on.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. All right. Remember, you can send us an email at BrittleNationTwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. This show's copyrighted 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved, and we will see you guys later on. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.